What's up guys, Tony Hustle here with podcast number 20. Today's topic, mindset versus technical skill. One of the things that Tom Ferrero was great at is tell students to stop thinking. Stop analyzing, just go with the flow. The difference between mindset and technical skill, that is what we're discussing today. The difference between mindset and technical skill, how the two things hang together, what we can learn, how we can harness the power of the mind in order to achieve outstanding results in field. And also, I think this is way broader than just game. This extrapolates to any other area of your life. It is very important to understand the difference between technical skill and mindset and how these two things interplay. So, flow is the word that matters here the most when we talk about mindset. You can only reach flow state if you're doing something that is challenging but not impossible given your skill set. So that means you're doing something that is quite hard, but you still can manage to do it. So it's not like giving a toddler a very complicated mathematical problem where the baby doesn't even understand what it means. It is as if somebody is giving you quite a hard math problem, but you still have the skill to solve it. And that's when you go into flow state. This has already been documented in a great book called Flow by a Chicago psychologist whose name I can't pronounce. But if you look up Flow as in book, comma, Flow on Amazon, you will find that book and it's really good. And what Tom Torero was referring to is that a lot of students get extremely into their head, very technical, and the lines just come out, but they are kind of meaningless because the students are completely removed from reality. So obviously for a beginner, it is very difficult to get flow because you're not relaxed, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know the lines, you haven't practiced the model, but there is a point when it's important to get into flow and to focus on your mind rather than the technical skill. And this is exactly what I will discuss today, how I think about it and how I think you should approach this. So flow for me is, as I already said, is a sweet spot of performance. When, for example, a top athlete or some other performer in general loses any sense of time, hunger, you know, space, day, night and the alike. The artist or the performer is fully and intensively immersed in the action at hand. I often reached that flow state when I was gaming by myself and I met extroverted model type women that are very challenging but also very fun, you know. They're not kind of the easy girls that you can just tell what to do and they follow, they will challenge you. But those are the kind of girls that pose a big challenge, but when you have good skill, you can manage, you know, to get them and it actually becomes extremely enjoyable and the day or the night just flies by, especially the night. You might see that in some of my videos, it seems extremely natural what I'm doing, but that is because I'm in flow and I had rehearsed all of these aspects so many times and perfected every level of my game that it just kind of flowed out of me. So really I was recording at the time when I wasn't thinking and I was just in game mode. 
The girls were hot, I was in flow, it was well within my capabilities to seduce these girls. It was a rush, but it wasn't scary. It was like racing a car at its physical limit. That's the best analogy I have. It is not scary, it's more like a rush and driving a really fast car at its physical limit without losing control over the car. What's implicit in the concept of flow state is that A, there is some high level of technical skill and B, there is a challenging task at hand. Also, Tom was right. At some point, you need to stop analyzing and simply execute. But then you also need to reflect, to learn from mistakes, to refine your model, to think through the various, you know, possibilities that you could have gone through. Should I instant date? Should I not? Should I take her to the hotel room? Should I go to another venue? There's various options that you have and you need to keep analyzing those options. So the question is, how can you do both? How can you be in flow while being hypersensitive and hyper aware that you're executing on your skill and on your plan? And that is not an easy question to answer, but it is a very critical one, and that's what I'm attempting to do today. As so often, I found the answer to this question in professional sports, and in particular, Michael Jordan is an outstanding individual to just listen to how he thinks about the game of basketball and what he learned from it, because all the lessons that Michael Jordan learned that made him so exceptional can be applied across various fields in life, and I often look at what Michael Jordan has to say, and then I test whether I think he's right or not. And in this case, I think he is very right. So Michael Jordan explains that he was always training, acting as if it was a real game. He would run experiments, such as playing on the weakest team with one man less, or only throwing from a specific position, or only defending in a specific way with a specific move, taking the game-winning shot and the alike. So he was basically isolating technical skills and then he was playing really hard to train this isolated skill. So let me explain why he did that. What he was doing was running through all the possible situations during training in a technical way without flowing too much or without concentrating too much on flow but rather concentrating on executing that specific skill perfectly because he had repeated each skill a million times during training and seen every single situation there was basically no more situations during a real game that he hadn't encountered before so he had already built up that you know skill and that memory in himself that he would be able to deal with the situation in a real game and perfectly execute on it, okay? So the difference during training was that he would specifically practice one skill or one aspect of his game and during a real game he would rely on his training and muscle memory to execute on all the different aspects of his game on a very high level. I recommend doing exactly the same in game specific days during the week you focus on one or two things that you practice irrespective of outcome and you have an enhanced focus on these things and it comes at the cost of having a lower flow state because you are hyper aware that you're training a specific skill okay 
For example, the Hustler Stop, Hustler Rhythms, Active Frame Control, Physical AE, you know, Verbal AE, and so on and so forth. You can isolate these skills and you can pick days during the week during which you train specific skills. And when you are satisfied with the level of skill, you move on to the next one. So you run through all aspects of gain, refining one at a time, yeah? Then you also have days during which you just flow, okay? Those are game days. That's when it's on. That's when you simply forget about all the training. You just put all your thoughts aside and you only focus on on just being in the set and, and doing what you can and not focusing on one specific skill, but rather on executing as well as you can and mainly focusing on having your mind right and being present. And that comes maybe at the cost of having a little bit of a lower skill in a specific moment, but it comes at the great advantage that you're just enjoying the moment and that you're just present and you reach flow state. Now, clearly, it's not just enough to train a skill. You need a system in place that allows you to progress. And the system that I find best suited to measure any type of progress in a systematic way is Ray Dalio's system. You need to read his book Principles to understand what I mean in detail. But basically, Ray Dalio, who is one of the most famous hedge fund managers in the world, he devised a machine to make progress, okay? At its core, it requires making a plan, executing the plan, measuring the outcome, and then reflecting on what you did and then you know this basically becomes a iterative process in which you constantly improve the machine using this line here making that move here pulling her for example to a pub instead of a coffee shop was one of the iterations i went through you know on the instant date i used to take them to to coffee shops in the beginning and then i realized that it's much better to take them to a pub because to pull from a pub to a bar is much easier than from a coffee shop to a bar. So those are the kind of iterations I'm talking about. And, you know, as you draw smaller and smaller circles, you'll be able to, for example, do very fast escalation by running through the same process in a matter of minutes rather than a matter of hours. And it's that machine that Ray Dalio has designed that allows you to do that in a systematic way and to learn a new skill and get better at it in a systematic way. So at its core, this is how all great companies are created. And this is how all exceptional people achieve things. It's an iterative process. It's not the overnight success. Basically, companies like Facebook had iteration after iteration after iteration producing a product that is closer and closer to what the market wants until they have massive engagement across the globe and made a product that is almost perfect for every single user around the globe. And that's an iterative process and that is how evolution works and how nature works. And this is also how you improve game, okay? an iterative improvement process. And at its core, it's pain plus reflection that equals success. So read Ray Dalio's extremely good book, Principles, to understand how to apply this kind of improvement machine to the game. Okay, now that we have talked about the difference between mindset and technical skill and how to improve your technical skill, 
let's talk about the idea of a mindset or the idea of having a great mindset. This is basically a superpower and one of the books that is extremely good at understanding how the human mind and human psychology works is George Soros's book on reflexivity. So reflexivity is basically um, a concept that applies to social sciences where we have a feedback loop between the dependent and independent variable. Don't get scared of these technical terms. I will explain it in a, in a second. In essence, your mind will directly influence your skill, okay? Those are not separate issues. That is, the more you believe something, the more it will manifest in reality. That could be positive or negative, okay? If you believe that your skill is bad, that you're old, ugly, poor, and stupid, it will directly affect your game. If you believe that you're amazing, great-looking, and have an extremely good verbal and physical escalation skill, your game will benefit from it. It's this self-belief that will make you achieve a better outcome at the end. That is, the more you believe something, the more it will manifest in reality. For example, when I pull a girl to an instant date, I am 100% sure that she will come. Often, I will just start walking without even looking back, knowing that she will follow. This belief makes me succeed. So get it. It's the belief that makes me succeed. It's not the technical skill. It is my mindset of believing that this is possible for me that will actually make my belief manifest in reality. My mindset is my skill, okay? The big question is, how do you learn this mindset skill? This is where Tom was substantially right. You learn it by letting go of practicing, rehearsing and amending the model. You need to have an unshakable trust and belief in your model, irrespective of results, circumstances or whatever else is going on. This is the model and everything else is wrong and this thing is gonna work, okay? Of course, when you have reference points such as Playboy Model Girlfriends and other similar results, it's much easier. But nonetheless, at some point, you have to completely surrender and believe that the model works. If you do not believe in the model, if you keep doubting yourself, this self-doubt will reflect on your skill and it will show in your results. And with this kind of self-doubt, you will not be able to pull anything that is outside of your reality. You will only be able to pull something that is well within your current reality. Okay? One of the main advantages, for example, the Hustler Elite members have is to completely hand over the responsibility for model control. What do I mean? I don't mean that the members are mindless lemmings that follow the grand Tony Hustle. That is absolutely not what I mean. What I mean is that the Hustler Elite members are constantly reminded that the model is the best model and that it works. They're shown how it works what they need to change and they are pushed over their boundaries and I challenge their belief system every single time we go out. What people think is possible and what is truly possible are two completely different things. 
I basically pull the people into a field distortion or reality distortion. And as soon as a student is told to become instantaneously sexual with a girl up on approach, things start happening. That's because I take over the responsibility for the student's actions and allow him to tap into Tony Hustle's mindset. I allow the student to do crazy things in set that were completely out of his reality. By that I mean crazy for him because he thought that this is only possible for people with an extremely high skill level. What the student didn't realize that he can already do it, he just didn't give himself permission. So I give the student the permission by pulling the student into my reality and into my mindset. And once the student makes the experiences that he previously believed were undoable or were unachievable such as five-minute kiss closes or SDLs with extremely attractive girls, the reality in their minds starts to change. The students, however, after a few days mean revert back to their previous state of mind. It's not that easy to change your mindset in a sustainable, long-lasting way. But since we're meeting all the time and since I push the students out of their comfort zone into my reality distortion, over time the brain plasticity adapts to the new reality and things as having sex with eights, nines and tens that seemed unbelievable previously now become totally achievable and actually normal. And that is the power of not thinking and handing over the power to me and me having the ability of pulling the student into my reality distortion for those glimpses until the student finally sees that these things are actually possible. So what do I want to say today? I wanted to say that I recommend to separate your game into practice days and game days without practice in order to separate training technical skill and training the full flow potential of your mind. You need to follow a rigorous system on top of that in order to improve your technical skills and I recommend Ray Dalio's principles approach. Lastly, you need to realize that your mind is a skill in itself as it is reflexive in the sense that George Soros explained it already. You need to cultivate in one way or another an unshakable belief in your model even if you don't have the reference points yet. I think it is totally underrated when you get good in a technical way, the only thing between you and getting those supermodels, those playboy models, those SDLs, those crazy results is your belief system, is your mindset and you need to cultivate and push your boundaries all the time. If you don't push your boundaries, you will be limited by your mind. I want to finish this podcast that is one of my favorite and one of the most important podcasts that I have ever put together with a quote from Albert Einstein. The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. And with that, only has loud, we are for sure.